Mike Morgan, Morgan on the move. He's in basketball mode. He's in NFL football mode. But, of course, he's keeping a close watch on college football. Got to love this week, rivalry week. I kind of wish I kind of wish everything ended here. I mean, I know we got the playoff, and, and I wish everything ended here, and then we went to the bowl games and, and wrapped it up. But I know we got the playoffs, the expanded playoffs coming. To me, there's nothing bigger than the rivalry game. That's what college football has been about, will always be about, if you ask me. I don't think many people would disagree with that. I think I think people love this part of the equation. And, you know, obviously I, I hope that we don't lose any of these, or any more, I should say. I mean, we're going to lose a couple. That's already been made clear thankfully uh the apple cup will remain intact washington washington state but you know we're going to lose bedlam we're going to lose the civil war Mm. um obviously we're not going to lose carolina clemson uh that has been made abundantly clear um no matter how many ungrounded uh reports that clemson is leaving and they might eventually leave but (laughs) but nobody knows when or where you gotta you have to have a landing spot in order to report a story that clemson's leaving yeah and right now they don't have a landing spot. Um, but but thankfully, this rivalry, which I was talking about today on the, the ITG show, part of the, the same network you're a part of, Chief Sports, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, I mean, it was a pleasure for me to cover it uh, for nearly a dozen years and be involved in the broad, broadcasting uh, facets of it. And uh, I still cover it in my own way uh, from a distance now. It, it's still something that... Uh, is special to me. I understand it. I, I know what makes it special. And, uh, you know, even though neither one of these teams have had the season that they had envisioned, uh, it's still a mammoth game. And that, to me, is what makes it a special rivalry. Anybody can have a great rivalry when two teams are in the top ten. <laughs> but but does, is there any waning interest when the teams aren't as good as, as they had hoped? And in this case, I don't think there's any waning interest at all. You look around the SEC in particular – and the rivalry games beginning with tomorrow night, the Egg Bowl, and moving through the Palmetto Bowl and the Iron Bowl. Uh, and, of course, this incorporates the ACC, too. Uh, Florida and Florida State, um, they, it, they don't get any better than what we have down here in the southeast when it comes to these uh, to these rivalry games, I would say. You know, Michigan-Ohio State, that's fantastic in that it's a always a, a national game, but and they're they're longtime bitter rivals, and it doesn't matter that they're not in the same state. I mean, they they really hate each other, those two schools. But it just, there is something extra special when it's the in-state rivals uh, going at it. Uh, and I kind of I don't feel for them, but I mean, I think if you're a fan of like Tennessee, of course you have other rivals. But can you get excited about Vanderbilt? No, LSU. You really don't have. I mean, maybe Tulane now is rising up where they can become a bit of a rival for LSU if they ever play them again. But they don't really have a, a strong in-state rival. That in-state rival, that long time, this is the 120th meeting between the Gamecocks and the Tigers. That kind of tradition is hard to copy. And living in the state that has a tradition like that is, is really special. And I think we're very lucky here in South Carolina to have it. And like you said, and I've said, we, we need to make sure, I think our legislature needs to take some action uh, to make sure that nobody can touch this uh, this rivalry, we've already had Greg Sankey interrupted once, uh, and with uh, who knows what's going to happen with with conference re- uh, realignment, um, 
I wouldn't take anything for granted. If they could kill Civil War in Bedlam, it could certainly kill the Palmetto Bowl. Yeah, I just I have enough confidence in the people that that run those uh, two universities uh, and the people they have to answer to that that's just not going to happen. I I understand the concern, but I I just don't I don't see it being a possibility for one reason. It's already an an out of conference matchup, right? So uh, it, it's not interrupting the flow of Carolina's schedule or Clemson's schedule. It, it's still in the case of the Gamecocks now eight SEC and Clemson. In the case of Clemson, it's uh, eight ACC. Uh, I hope I said that right. Uh, and 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 Carolina. So uh, I, you know, you get a little bit concerned maybe if one of those leagues goes to nine conference games and maybe one of the coaches says, well, look, our schedule's tough enough as it is. But, I, again, they, they would ride you out of town if you ever tried to take away this game from the fans of the respective uh, schools. So I, I just don't see it happening. I do wonder, and I was talking about this uh, earlier today on the, on the other show, is that would there ever be a time you consider like what the Egg Bowl has uh, where you play on Thanksgiving, where you play on a Friday, uh, where you have a little more of a window uh, for people to be introduced to this rivalry outside of the state of South Carolina. I, I, am, I am curious if that would ever be considered. Yeah. But, Mike, I do have to ask you, I mean, I know you do the, the show on the Chief Sports uh, app, the Chief Sports Network, and it's a great show. You do a fine job. Just want to make sure that we're getting your best stuff here on Sports Talk. I mean, you are giving us oh. your best stuff, right? Oh, I always uh, – let me tell you something. When I get done with ITG from mm. 11 to 2, uh, the, the two days a week I do it, mm. I immediately put my elbow in, in a bucket of ice to keep it fresh. <laughs> so the fastball is, is – I'm still gunning it up there, good, 97, good. 98 for sports talk. You know that. I just, I'm, I'm a primetime player. I want, I want your best stuff. I want your best stuff. Oh, no question. Do you have a favorite memory? of a USC Clemson game from your involvement in the booth? Well, you know, my first two years with the Gamecock uh, radio network were 2000, 2001. And uh, so those were the years that uh, Carolina went from losing 21 in a row mm. to uh, to having the back-to-back Outback Bowl season. So, I, I mean, two of them stand out. The first one, of course, was going to Death Valley in 2000. That's the infamous Rod Gardner uh, if you're a Carolina fan, you say it's a push-off. If you're a Clemson fan, you say it's a great move by a talented wide receiver. Um, and, and that gave me a taste of it, my first taste of it in Death Valley. And, and even though it was a heartbreaking loss uh, for Carolina, you could tell that this program was uh, clearly on the, uh, on the rise. And then the following year, uh, where that team was able to cap it off with a win, at home, and and then that uh, uh, kind of streak of uh, futility, if you will. Uh, so those first two always stand out to me. I I did the post game show on the uh, the infamous brawl in mm. '04. That was an interesting one. Um, and and then you know the the, the first one with, with Spurrier. Obvious. I'll tell you a quick a quick story. The fir- the first year that Spurrier was there in '05, no TV picked up Carolina Clemson. So we were going to do a pay-per-view. Don Munson and I were going to be the announcers. Uh, very few people know this story. Don Munson and I were going to do the Carolina-Clemson game on pay-per-view because not a single TV network. Remember, we had no SEC network. We had no ACC network. So if ESPN, ESPN2, 
didn't pick you up uh, or ABC, then you, you were just not on TV. And at the last moment, you know, maybe a week before, uh, the ADs and somebody made a phone call to this person, somebody made a phone call to that person, they wound up doing the game on, I can't remember if it was ESPNU or two. And so Tommy Moody and I wound up calling the game anyway and our own broadcast on top of williams Bryce Stadium outside near the cameras uh, and, and just did a mock broadcast. Because I figured I, <laughs> we did all that preparation <laughs> to do a broadcast. I'm going to do it anyway. So somewhere that game is on a CD in a box in my uh, attic that <laughs> no one's ever heard. Uh, but we did call it uh, the way Tommy Moody and I did call it. That yeah, that's funny. a true story. How about that's great story? Great story. That yeah. really is. That's, a, that's a good that. resume yeah. tape thing for you, Mike. You might have yeah, continue yeah. in this in this career. Maybe use that to get another job. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to send that one out to somebody. Maybe that'll work out well. <laughs> Mike Morgan, Morgan on the move you know, with us here it, tonight. It, it is. It is funny just to think about how long that's, – that's not that long ago. We're not talking ancient history, right? We're talking 2005, and that game was going to be radio only and then pay-per-view. So you would have had to spend $30. It would have been a unique broadcast, though, because you would have had uh, kind of a split broadcast with, with Don and I, and much like we did a lot of the old CSS broadcasts where, for example, if I was doing a – a South Carolina Georgia game, I'd be I'd be the play by play, and like a buck blue would be color. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought those broadcasts always brought a, a unique element to the table, as opposed to just having your typical two national guys that don't have any attachment to either either school. Absolutely, so it, would, it would have been a lot of fun. Would have mm-hmm. been neat. I agree. Well, and Mike, that sort of dovetails or leads me into what I wanted to ask you about with regards to, say, Todd Ellis and, and Don Munson and the, the radio play-by-play guys. Obviously, they want to do a good job when you know Carolina's playing Mississippi State and Clemson's playing NC State, but clearly this is a big deal for the state, and it's also obviously a big deal in radio. How much additional pressure do you believe is on those guys to maybe put their best foot forward this weekend as well? Well, I don't know if I, I, I would attach the word pressure as much as excitement. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, those, those are two guys that have been in those respective roles for a while. You, you look forward to the opportunity to have a memorable moment behind the mic against your in-state rival uh, because you know that can, that can stand uh, the, the, the test of time if it's done right, you know, and, it, and if the moment provides it, uh, you love to have those. You absolutely love to have those. So uh, I think it's it's less uh, uh, you know, nervousness or anxiety and more excitement about the chance to be able to call uh, a memorable moment in the most memorable game every year. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. <clears throat> big moment in that game can make your career. I remember my buddy Don Williams, I think it was the 1986 game in Death Valley. And this was when Don was on the sideline. Bob Fulton, Tommy Suggs were up in the box. I think it was 86. And they were playing a tight one in Death Valley. And it came down to South Carolina for a field goal to win the game. Okay? Now, if you're a play-by-play guy, this is your biggest moment. You know, last play of the game, field goal. Of course, the setup was Bob Fulton would throw it down to Don to call the field goal because he would be – underneath the goalpost now you know bob hated that he hated that with a passion but that was the deal you know as he should have and 
He threw it down to Don. He threw it down like in the absolute last second. He kept it as long as he could. <laughs> and the I can't the kicker shanked it. Now, this was a chance for Don to have his shining moment uh, as the Gamecocks right. beat Clemson on a walk-off field goal at Clemson, and they could all go dancing on the field, and he could scream at the top of his lungs. And I remember his call was, there's the kick, and it never had a chance. He missed it. <laughs> it never had a chance. <laughs> that was his call. It never had a chance. He just hooked it. Oh, and man. That might have been a tie. That game might have ended. Did they have a tie like in 86 or something? I have to go back and look in the record books. That might have been a tie. But the Gamecocks, before they played overtime, the Gamecocks had a chance to win that game and just missed it. Hey, Mike, have a great Thanksgiving. Busy weekend for you uh, on your calls. Uh, what you got? You got Kentucky on Friday? Yeah, Kentucky basketball on Friday uh, for the SEC Network and then uh, Saints-Falcons on Sunday on uh, Compass Network. So uh, look, uh, national radio call. So looking forward to a little college basketball, NFL combo, and then uh, a chance Saturday when I'm en route to, uh, to catch some of these great rivalry games. And I'll, I'll certainly be tuned in Saturday night to uh to carolina clemson well you have a great weekend enjoy thanksgiving we'll talk to you next week thanks mike appreciate it okay mike. guys mike have morgan morgan on the move here on sports talk all right we'll go to the break and we will come back with more can squeeze in some more phone calls get more predictions from you thanks to mike triple eight eight nine eight two five two five is the phone number it never had a chance that is great I'd never heard that story. Yeah. And Don was good at an economy of words, too. Oh, it's right. one of his very good skills. Absolutely. And I'm sure he was ready to, to let it hang out uh, had that <laughs> field goal attempt gone through. Yeah, 21-21, 1986. Missed a field goal at the end.